1: Alright, thank you Logic and welcome back to Strictly Hip Hop. I'm your host Chris Platy, and here with me is first time guest, Mac. Mac Wilson, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing pretty good Chris, how are you doing today?
1: Doing good, doing good. So we are, as Logic said, taking it back to the 90s and debating the top 5 best 90s hip hop groups. Now, before we get into it, uh, we each have our own list, but the criteria we established is that all, only projects from the 90s count so therefore groups like nwa and the, things of those nature which we'll touch on uh, run dmc we'll touch on those but they are groups that kind of had their main success in the 80s and didn't really it kind of fizzled into the 90s but it wasn't as prominent so that's the criteria of um that's the criteria of the podcast so mac why don't you start us off with giving your top five list
0: Okay, uh, well, at number one, I've got, obviously, Wu-Tang Clan. Uh, number two, Naughty by Nature. Uh, number three, DITC, or better known as Diggin' in the Crates Crew. Um, at four, I've got Cypress Hill. And then at five, Bone Thugs and Harmony.
1: Okay, okay, that is a very solid list. But actually, we are kind of different. And when I got into this, um, when I got into the research of this, I was completely amazed. Like, I did not realize how many great, uh, we were talking about this before we got on the podcast, how many great groups there were in the 90s. Absolutely, uh, yeah. So, for me, I had, the, the list goes like this. Number one is Tribe Called Quest. Number two is Wu-Tang. Number three is Cypress Hill. Four is Public Enemy. And five is Outkast. That is my group. Um, so, Mac, why did you um, end up going with Wu-Tang number one?
0: Uh, I put Wu-Tang number 1 mainly because you know their impact on um rap was fairly yeah. great. Uh, I mean what can I say really their music was all over. They mm-hmm. were hype, they were um
1: conscious. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And and they knew how to impact the crowd and they basically were a live show group personally. Yeah. Whereas you you buy the tickets and you're like, this is going to be the greatest show I've ever seen because you've got 12 different guys on the stage jumping in left and right. Right. So,
1: um, okay. Yeah. I, I was close to putting Wu Tang one. They finished two on my board. Um, just because, for those same reasons, I think that Tribe, uh, Tribe Called Quest just did it a little bit better than Wu Tang, but, um, uh, wu tang had 36 Chambers, so was, which is to me one of the best albums. So I was yeah. really close to putting them above Tribe, but I ended up going with Tribe in the end. And I'm surprised. Uh, how come you didn't put Tribe Called Quest on your list? I know they had some success in the 80s, uh, but they also had. They, it also did bleed over into the 90s pretty well. Uh, so what was your reasoning behind that?
0: Well, for me, I like groups. I kind of go towards groups that are more unheard of and unknown such as DITC or Mm -hmm. um but at the same time I also like the the what's it called like the kind of chill factor of some groups yeah and I felt that a tribe didn't really hit my chill center whereas like Bone Thugs and Harmony most of their music is kind of like relaxation but with like some hype thrown in as well as Naughty by Nature and um And then I kind of counteracted those with Cypress Hill, DITC, and Wu-Tang Clan.
1: Okay, okay. So you kind of face it off of personal preference, not really? Yeah, yeah. I I
0: kind of went at it and put Wu-Tang first because I do really like Wu-Tang, but I do also feel that they were the best group, so that's kind of why I put them first. But then after that, it's kind of my own opinion, to be honest.
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, to be honest, like, we're all when you're debating something like hip hop it's it's very subjective oh, yeah. it's it's music it's not it's not sports where you can measure up stats i yeah. mean you have you have really the stats of sales but that's a but lot of those how much does that on, mean yeah you a know? lot of
0: those can be traced back and yeah. more people might buy something that they like whereas yeah. exactly
1: know. so i mean there's no really stats to kind of prove it it's just all basically opinion and and cultural impact and, yeah exactly so for me I had I had Cypress Hill at three and uh where did you have them on? Uh, yours? I put them fourth okay so we had pretty close on Cypress Hill mm-hmm. um I just think their impact for those of you that don't know maybe uh, never heard of this group they are basically one of the forefathers of West Coast rap they were very yeah. hardcore um they were very um they were actually very politically um in active too they also they were huge um, supporters of legalizing marijuana back
0: in the day. Oh, yeah. That's mostly all their songs were about, right. too, is, like, dodging the cops, smoking weed, and yeah. just having a good time, really.
1: And and the thing about them was, is I think that they really did have... They really did capture listening to them. Um, They had three, they had three platinum albums in the 90s, so yeah. to me, they were, they were damn near the top for me. But at um, the
0: same time, they're still, like very unheard of today yeah like when you think of 90s group Wu-Tang Clan instantly comes up but then you do you do some digging and you're like Cypress Hill like and people kind of question who that is and that's that's weird because to me like that was a big part of my childhood because my dad introduced me to him he's like you would like this group and I was like well okay and I listened to him and I was like this is awesome and so like from there like I've always known them but some people are just kind of like you know, yeah, it's it's then, amazing. That's yeah.
1: some people, and that's why I put that out there because I feel like some people that are listening to this podcast now might not even have heard of yeah. them, and yet they've impacted. And we'll get to this later, but they've impacted a lot of the people that are in that are in the game now. Yeah. Um. So they were to me kind of the uh the next the next generation of NWA kind oh, of. Absolutely. They were kind of NWA kind of built upon it and then um, they kind of birthed it, and then Cypress Hill started to form it when it comes to West Coast rap.
0: Yeah, and another thing, um, they took... So NWA was more about, like, black lives and, like, Mm -hmm. you know, the African-American culture, whereas Cypress Hill took the legalization of marijuana, so still a political view Mm -hmm. in society, uh, just like NWA, but just not as harsh um, of an issue as they did.
1: Right, they didn't... Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Actually, I like that. Um, so, one more thing I wanted to ask you is: um, Public Enemy. Why do you um why why did you not put them on your list?
0: To be honest, I never I never really listened to Public Enemy. Okay. Instead of Public Enemy, I more listened to, like I said, Naughty by Nature or DITC. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, I I definitely have like looked into them, just not as much as the other two groups. But I. I probably will be listening to them more lately just because I need some more music to listen to. So. Right.
1: Yeah, I mean to me they were they were great. They were uh you want to talk about like you want to talk about very socially aware. They were one of the most socially aware and socially conscious groups yeah. um and and they came off of they to me the reason why they're four and I almost it was as much as I like Public Enemy. I almost left them off their list because really their main success lasted till about 95 and then um they they lasted all throughout the 90s because their body of work was so strong but they really kind of faded after after that 90 1994 1995 Mm -hmm. time so um they weren't they weren't really um they weren't they didn't really dominate the full the full 90s so whereas other groups did, but I just think that they were so strong that I had to put them on there, Yeah. so I understand not putting them on there, because they, they had, uh, their best album, It Takes a Nation of Millions to, to bring us down, or whatever, I forget the name, but, um, that album's great, I have it on CD, and that was, that was in 1988, so that was, like, that was, like, I think, so, the start of their peak, yeah, and they had, uh, they had fight the power, which was in nineteen eighty nine. Yeah. So they they came into the nineties very strong, but they um, but they kind of as the nineties went on, they kind of they began faded. to f- yeah. to fizzle out and fade. Uh, and then my last one was Outcast, which I want to see. I want to hear your opinion on Outcast, and you can kind of ask me questions on my list. Um, Outcast for me was very. Uh, Outcast for me was very hard to put on this list because you named a bunch of groups that could have easily replaced them, but to me, Outcast, I think, even though their their main success, I believe, was in the two thousands. I believe that with with ATL-E-N's, uh that was one of my favorite. That was definitely one of my favorite Outcast albums, and I just think that they really started to push the boundaries of music from the moment they, they came together. Uh, and you know some of it worked some of it didn't uh, but that's what you're gonna that's what you're gonna end up having when you're like a group like Outkast that samples literally every type of yeah. genre and it infuses hip-hop with it. So I thought that just on like their creativity and them pushing boundaries I I, des- I think that they deserve to be top yeah. five.
0: Well, and I've been saying this a lot lately. I've been noticing that groups more often than not or and even um, solo performers, Um, are found being overrated and underrated severely. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it has to deal with the hip-hop and rap difference. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas Outkast, extremely popular in the hip-hop world, but very underrated in the um, rap industry. Like a lot of people say Andre 3000, and some of them you think are joking um, about Andre being in the top 10 for the best rapper of all time um a lot of people think oh that's just a joke like it's andre 3000 he was an outcast he's a hip-hop artist like Mm -hmm. my baby don't mess around like stuff like that right but he was and that's why i feel like i couldn't put them in there is because i i just never really listened to them or thought of them as a rap group but now like since i had researched and like did some other things i definitely would put them like maybe fifth and take out Fifth would probably be between Bone Thugs and Harmony and Outcast, yeah. but because I listen to Bone Thugs and Harmony more,
1: that's you got a better I'm... understanding.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And whereas Outcast, like I said, I just couldn't really put them in because i I just can't justify it yet.
1: Yeah, and they're they're a weird group. Um, I read I read an article. Um, it was it was about a month ago now, and it was it was a really interesting article because you kind of touch on it that Outcast is kind of they're kind of they were extremely popular when they were around mm-hmm. but they've they're kind of they've kind of been quickly forgotten and it's yeah. kind of a weird legacy that they have because they're one of the best and like andre 3000 is one of the best um he's one of the best rappers like he's i mean if if somebody says he's top 10 you don't really it's really hard to argue against it yeah um but you know, all that's being said without without really a solo album um, outside of the Love Below Speaker Box, which was kind of a double solo album yeah. for each of them. Showed them splitting up. Uh, they're very interesting because I think that they did so many diverse things and they did so many diverse sounds that, like the article said, and it was kind of interesting that because they're so diverse in their music, that fans didn't really have. Um, one distinct style or sound yeah. to kind of to kind of associate them with like mm-hmm. like all of these groups you know you know they with like Wu-Tang yeah they have like a they have a signature yeah. yeah and I feel like Outcast doesn't which is very interesting and what, what made them extremely popular yet forgotten at the same yeah. time like some people I was talking to some people um who are friends of mine and they didn't even know that like Outcast made a uh, Hey Ya like yeah you know what I mean? Like, it's they're just such kind a popular forgotten. song,
0: you know the name but not the artist or yeah. yeah.
1: And they're just they're just a very weird um group, but I, I think personally I think Outcast went five just because of how much I like them. Yeah. Um and their influence, uh I almost took them off because their influence was mainly we'll get into this later, but it was mainly uh towards the the 2000s, and, like, it's, yeah. like, Outcast is, I think you're now just starting to see the um, impact of Outkast on, on the music industry, yeah, on, on artists, versus, um, versus it wasn't as, like, in the 90s, mm-hmm. like.
0: And a main thing that kind of um, throws me off for Outkast, but, like, also really intrigues me is they can go from um, rap to soft to hip-hop to mm-hmm. dance to, like, They've literally pretty much touched in every single Gen- genre. genre, except yeah. for maybe, like, screamo and, yeah. you know, country. But any style of rap or hip-hop that you can perform, they've done it. And that's what really kind of intrigues me about them and um, pushes me towards them. And I and I do also really enjoy uh, the beats that mm-hmm. they supply. They are yeah. very catchy and, like, you know...
1: Yeah, I mean, like, like Andre three thousand on the um speaker box love below on his on his album, which is love below, was like, it was like mainly poetry, and it was like with hip hop, and so like he's, he's always been really creative, and I don't think that big boy gets the props he deserves. But no,
0: not but, um, at all. Andre three thousand is definitely the face of Outkast. Yeah, which is kind of sad because they're both such good.
1: Yeah, they're both amazing.
0: Yeah, but at the same time, I, I feel like that's with any group is that one or maybe like for nwa or wu-tang clan like obviously there's so many mm-hmm. good faces but i mean if you look at nwa a lot of people know dr dre and like ice cube and then easy es kind of known yeah and who's the other two members exactly
1: you know? like people people forget about ren and yellow like mm-hmm. you know and that's gonna happen when you have a group so you know unfortunately that's just kind of how it goes is people always tend to gravitate towards one mm-hmm. um like in sports you know you always have the one you have you might have a great team but you have but the one. but there's always the one player that the one player you know, you know the, the lebron james or the you know steph curry or whatever it is yeah. um so that's interesting but let's get back to um let's get back to the to the top five list did you have any really questions on my top five before you're ready to move um. on
0: I mean not really i i can see all of your um your choices and like why you would pick mm-hmm. those like i said mine was more of a preference and right it, it really does come down to it when you're talking about um your favorite or like most influential or whatever it may be because your opinion does stand out more than like facts sometimes yeah. and um but i definitely i agree with your list though like that is a good right. strong like you can't really yeah. have negative saying for it.
1: Right. And, and see, I think this is where we kind of we kind of separate and this is where um this is why our lists are different is because you kind of like you said you kind of grew up listening to this stuff. Exactly. I didn't I didn't start listening to this stuff till a couple years ago like when I really started to get into hip hop yeah. and I wanted to go back and kind of trace the steps and the heritage of everything and kind of learn what sounds came from where and all that stuff. So I kind of look at it I think I kind of look at it differently than you because you kind of mm-hmm. grew up It's more of an emotional to, to, yeah. side for me. Right. Yeah. Versus versus me who's kind of like I'm kind of able to look at it with the hindsight. Yeah. So um that's that's kind of why like it's easier for me to kind of disassociate, even though I love Wu Tang, I love all these all these people, but I didn't grow up listening to them. Yeah. I wasn't listening to them when I was, you know, a kid. I was I'm listening to them now. So I think that's kind of what makes our list different and that's what um that's
0: that's what's good about like opinions or about um stating facts or like information in general it's just like you are going to look into one group more than the other Mm -hmm. so you're going to find more things that you like or dislike about a group whereas if i were to say like yeah wu-tang's my favorite because i grew up with them whereas you're just like, yeah, Wu-Tang's my favorite because, you know, stats show that they're right. good, and I also enjoy their music. Right.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, to me, Wu-Tang was so close to being number one over Tribe because of 36 Chambers, but at the end of the day, I just think that Tribe, um, and rest in peace Five Dog, by the way, he, yeah. he passed away about a couple months ago now. Um, I just think that with Wu-Tang and and Tribe it was so close and I almost gave the edge to Tribe because I tend to do it between the best album but I just I couldn't I couldn't go against Tribe like I yeah. feel like I feel like Tribe is to me just they've had so much impact um and they've kind of they kind of impacted Wu-Tang so therefore they kind of um they, I I kind of put them ahead of Wu-Tang yeah. in that sense
0: When well, you also got to see it that um Wu-Tang was more of like it was literally just a group of guys Mm -hmm. that came together and just started basically yelling at the mic right and they became popular and that's that's what amazes me is that they can just get out there and just start basically screaming at each other just like yelling nonsense and people get so hyped up and like just love it and that's why I think I like them so much is just because they get out there and they're like, yeah, yeah, here
1: we go. Yeah, they're kind of like a band of misfits in the way, but they also... But they work. They work together. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't think looking at them on paper that they all go together, oh, but they do. Oh, no, absolutely, Which is Which is really cool, and that's like a unique quality yeah. that I feel like not a lot of groups have. So, let's get yeah. into... We, we talked about these groups from the 90s, and we gave our top five. But um, as we kind of alluded to throughout the podcast, there was a lot of a lot of these groups really, really impacted artists today and artists not only today but in the 90s. So, Matt, give me, I guess, I know we didn't kind of prepare for this, but give me one of your groups that you feel, or like an artist nowadays that you feel uh, one of your groups greatly impacted.
0: Um, actually, that's one of the reasons I chose DITC, and I would have put them higher up on my list, but they're just not as well-known by people. Mm-hmm. Um, but DITC, you know, Digging in the Crates crew, they're mainly a Harlem-centered uh, group with uh, Lord Finesse, Big L, Fat Joe, Diamond D, Buck Wild. A lot of names that um, are known in the freestyle industry, but not mm-hmm. as much in the actual like records or yeah. label industry and um big L is actually my favorite rapper of all time if you did if you didn't know i mean right. um he inspired mac miller to actually start writing he inspired um Eminem. he he's inspired millions and not a lot of people know about him i recommend looking him up he only released one album ever before right. he was sadly murdered um but Him and, like, that group is a group of guys that came together and was just kind of, like, freestyling on the mic Mm -hmm. and then turned around, and a lot of people were, like, they basically said, this is awesome, Mm -hmm. and, like, they want to do that, but by themselves. Right. If that makes sense.
1: No, I, I, I agree on that. So, to me, looking at my list, um, I know that there's a lot of, um, a lot of these groups were greatly impacted. Like to me, I think one of the easiest parallels to draw is between Outkast and Kanye uh, oh, yeah. because of because of the sampling. Um, I mean, I think that they greatly inspired Kanye, and um, I, I believe I think I think that you see a lot of. Um, I think that not, just looking at my list, I think that you see a lot of. Uh, Public Enemy in Kendrick, I think that Kendrick's one who really kind of bodies, embodies that, um, Absolutely, yeah. A, that vibe and that, like, because, I mean, Public Enemy was, they were mainly, I mean, they were very, very rarely were they not having socially conscious records. They mm-hmm. were, almost all their records were socially conscious. And, yeah. Again, I mean, with what Kendrick's doing right now, I think. It's all socially yeah, conscious. Right. Yeah. So, um. Uh, and I believe all these artists kind of have really inspired lots of different artists, uh, and even I think to an extent, I think that Public Enemy, although they were around the same time frame, I think that Public Enemy, I think you can see a lot of Public Enemy in Tupac.
0: Oh yeah. Like, and I mean, although they won't admit it, yeah. um, Wu Tang definitely, or yeah, Wu Tang definitely inspired um, Odd Future. They they mm-hmm. will never admit it, but. Right. They're the same setup of just guys yeah. coming on the mic, screaming, and, yeah. like, walking away.
1: And a band of misfits, like...
0: Exactly. Like, just a bunch of troublemakers doing music, basically. Right. like, But having fun with it, where, if you've seen a Wu-Tang concert, it's, it's crazy. You're right. Hype, and everything's going on. And the same thing with an Odd Future concert. There's mosh pits, there's, you know, screaming, yelling, mm-hmm. Tyler's crowd-surfing... And so, I I don't believe that they'll admit it, but deep down they know that yeah. Wu Tang inspired them, right?
1: And um, like I feel like groups like Wu Tang and Tribe, like those are those are groups that just inspired like everyone. Like they're, I really, yeah, I really think that they just kind of they they really like. There's little bits of them in every, you yeah. know, almost every successful artist. Now. Yeah,
0: and no doubt in my mind that when all three or all of um. All of the members pass. They will that will be a legendary group, right? Like I mean, Wu Tang already is considered like a legendary group now, mm-hmm. and most of them are still alive, right? And so. same
1: same with Tribe. Um, and, you know, I feel like Tribe's kind of the almost forgotten because they were so early. They were yeah. in nineties, and I feel like people in hip hop tend to have this thing where they gloss over the eighties, mm-hmm. and they kind of they kind of like like how basketball, like how the NBA, kind of. If, if you watch or, or listen to the NBA, you kind of get this sense that like they kind of make this this idea that the league didn't start until Bird, Magic, Jordan, Yeah. when really you had Russell Wiltall, them before, who yeah. built and paved the way. So unfortunately, I feel like groups like Tribe don't get their recognition. No, and
0: no. a lot of times, like NWA, a lot of people seem to think that they're, at least our generation, I can say for sure, mm-hmm. think that they were in the 90s and that their main impact was the 90s. Mm-hmm. But in reality they were like mid 80s. Yeah. you know and that was their prime and their come up and people do forget about them just because they think they were so much sooner than they were.
1: Right. And you know it's it's kind of it's kind of funny to look back and see like how everything's been remembered and yeah. and kind of uh the legacy of groups. But one thing and i want to ask you this before we go is that why do you think that we we haven't seen um we haven't seen as many prominent groups as as we did in the 90s what do you think the well, reason well
0: i feel that nowadays people are more greedy mm-hmm. and they want to do it on their own they want to you know be famous on their own they don't want the uh, like, the weight of other people dragging them down, but I mean, I don't know, I personally believe that if starting in a group is so much easier than if you were to start, like, solo, Mm -hmm. because you have more talent in one, and you have, like, all those people putting your name out there rather Mm -hmm. than just yourself, and although we haven't, I mean, we've seen, what, G-Unit, um... That What was Eminem's crew? D12. Yeah, D12. He also had that other one with, like...
1: Royce, the Bad Meets Evil. Yeah. Yeah, that was just the two of them, though. Yeah, but, I mean, but it, yeah. it's kind of
0: like Outcast was. It right. was just two people. But, I mean, those were, like, really them and then what, Odd Future. That's, yeah. that's, like, the last group that I've heard of through media. Right. And...
1: I mean, I know there's groups like the Underachievers and stuff like that, but they're not...
0: They're not as popular. Yeah. They're not out there as much. There's
1: not, like... Like, I mean... Back in the day, back in the 90s, you would have seen like you would have seen like all of TDE being one group instead of individual artists, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean?
0: And that's the thing is, I feel like people are trying to get more money Mm -hmm. out of their performers or out of themselves. And through a group, you don't, I mean, I personally believe through a group, you would like triple, if not double, your profits. Mm -hmm. But because there's more people involved, that's less money to you. I think people are trying to. starting to kind of get and i i do believe that it's a big greed factor of it that people just don't want others stealing their limelight
1: and i think it was just kind of a different time in rap like where groups were just kind of prominent like i remember you know this is i'm quoting a movie so i don't know how accurate it is (laughs) but it's it is straight out compton which i tend to believe is is very accurate is um you you seen the movie right? Yeah. So you remember when Cube is leaving the group and the um the guy uh, with the name of the record company I forget I forget who it is the young guy. Anyways, he's talking to him and he's like, "Are you sure you want to leave NWA? Like it's a good situation for you. Um, there's not a lot of money in solo artists, and so it kind of like it kind of put into perspective that that was that was kind of the idea back in in the nineties was was groups yeah like they these were like i mean you think about it nowadays like if that's like a, like like a dre easy e like that nwa group mm-hmm. would be like would be like uh would be like all of tde teaming up today, yeah which would be insane in yeah. you know what i mean like nowadays we don't really have many i mean we have what apparently is supposed to be cruel summer or is it cruel winter cruel winter I, cruel winter Um, we have, we have that apparently coming together and in the process, but like, we don't have, like you said, much collaboration. We have bad meets evil. We have, you know, we have, we have little collaboration projects here and there, but we don't have like groups, like actual groups. And
0: another thing is like from a group, there's always like no chance you could ever be in a group without some sort of conflict Mm -hmm. and through that become like starts an argument, Starts, like, a diss track, starts, you know, you branch out, Ice Cube's No Vaseline, Dr. Dre's, you know, um, Dre Day, and then Easy E's Comeback with Real Motherfucking G's. Like, three of the greatest albums, or songs ever put out, because the group broke up, and a lot of artists, I don't think, see, like, the profit that can come from being in a group, and then you start your solo career, and then you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, I just think that it, it was just really different time. And I, for one, it really enjoyed groups. Like, I wish there were
0: more groups, man. It kind of upsets me when I'm listening to a song and I hear a future and I would be like, oh, like they would be good together. Like, like you can know, you imagine
1: a whole album, yes. like the, you know, the whole Cole Kendrick thing and the whole, um, you know, oh, like,
0: man, imagine J rock, J Cole. Yeah. Kendrick and Schoolboy. Yeah, exactly. Right right there, that's or just like
1: even like a TDE. Yeah, like Like if they just became one group. Yeah, absolutely. Like if they just all became like the Black Hippie album Mm -hmm. that um they they keep rumoring that it's on the way, but I I don't know, you know.
0: You never really know with yeah rumors anymore. Exactly. Look at um, what's his name? Frank Ocean. Oh yeah. God, oh putting an album out. Never mind. And. (laughs) It's just stuff like that, though. Solo artists, they, it takes more time. Yeah. Like, when you're in a group, you've got multiple people. I mean, NWA, there's no doubt about it. Ice Cube wrote most of the lyrics. Mm -hmm. But even then, you still have guys contributing to the lyrics. So you only have to write half as much. You only have to perform half as much. And
1: then you got, and and you can kind of, like, manage it. Like, you know, Dre and DJ Yellow were doing the production and, like, kind of. Easy's doing his thing, and like they all had their yeah. MC Ren and Cube were the main writers. Uh, so you know, it's it's crazy to think that um, that we're really in an era where, and we're getting farther and farther mm-hmm. away from it. Man. Like we really
0: are. It's so, a more independent and hiring individual. World. Yeah, yeah, where yeah. a group would be all right. You take this task, I'll take this one, and we'll just kind of spread it apart. Yeah. But now it's like, yeah, I'll just pay this guy to do it.
1: Yeah, I'll just pay this guy to do it all, and or I'll just or I'll just pay this guy and then pay this really fancy producer to mm-hmm. make everything work. And, exactly. You know, so it's unfortunate because I do love groups and I love uh, I love how they play off each other, you yeah. know, and things like that. Like I I really think that the most creative people are are the most creative artists are the ones that worked in groups. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's also a combination of that too. It's just Because I do think you have to be, although it might be easier in some senses, it also, you have to be very creative and you have to be on the same page with that person to make it, to make it really work. So Mm -hmm. I just think, yeah, I just think, like you said, I think it's a lot of greed. It's all about, you know, you're looking at the generation where, in sports, where sports sports athletes are the stars and like sports and hip hop, like kind of go hand in hand. In a way, Mm. uh, I've always kind of said that hip-hop, in its own sense, is a sport. Like, it's very competitive. It's very... You don't see, like, country artists bashing each other. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and I mean, look at it in the sense that... Wu-Tang, as a whole, inspired so many performers. Right. And then, to split off and have their own... Like, most of their um, performers, OD... Yeah, ODB, Ghostface... You know, all these um, guys went That's out amazing. and they did yeah. the solo career, and then they came back to Wu Tang. And not only did Wu Tang make an impact, but those solos made, made an impact. impact. And yeah. then they came back and they were like, "And you can still be in a group." And nowadays, like, yeah, a lot of these performers or like rappers are gonna go down, but they're only gonna go down is that one person. Whereas. Ghostface, like you think of Ghostface, you think of Wu Tang, you think of Wu Tang, you think of like all these other guys, you know? Yeah. And you share the fame. Whereas when it's a solo career, it's, you know, yourself and that's about it.
1: hmm. And, you know, I think personally, I, th- I think I would like to start off in a group. I just think, like you said, it'd be, it'd be easier. It it'd is, be less of a burden. It's less
0: stress, too. Yeah. Like, you don't have to be so stressed out and writing lyrics by yourself. You can hang out with your friends and, like, joke around and, like, Throw around ideas and really start getting your brain moving more mm-hmm. than if you were just to sit there and be like, "Yeah, yeah, uh, let's start writing some lyrics." You know, you know.
1: I mean, I'm always a fan of more of more um, heads in the process, yeah. Know, so to speak, like you, I really think that your best work comes when you're when you're together. Like, um, like for example, like Kendrick Kendra like his sessions were where all of Thundercat, Bilal, like, it was these same guys locked in the studio for nine months, and they were, and, like, he said that that was, like, his most, like, creative, and you can definitely tell it was his most, his most creative, you know, album, and he just said, he spoke of how, like, just, like, the ideas of just not even having conversations about music, but conversations in general, and things like that, just the group atmosphere, like, inspired him to be, and, and made him, uh, it took him to another level create creativity wise yeah. that you could I mean,
0: look at um, The Life of Pablo. The first track has chance on it mm-hmm. and that verse that Chance spits is that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't even know Chance had that in him. Yeah. But because he looked up to Kanye and he had like the inspiration of a like a legend, yeah. He pushed himself to his best. And I mean, me personally, you know, I, I just played you that song that me and the guys made. Yeah. We've made two now, and writing around them compared to writing by yourself is just a a better a different feeling. yeah yeah you can write more you can think more mm-hmm. and you just you're trying to one up the other person yeah. and that's honestly that's why the whole it's competition so, yeah. yeah and that's why it's so much easier because you're always trying to better your friend yeah but in reality they're going to come back and like yeah. just equal you out so i mean it's you know. it's a lot easier and better personally from the little experience that i have but still um some that writing in a group or like being in a group is a lot easier and more fun uh, yeah than solo
1: that's that's true all right so i think we've i think we've covered it all when it comes to 90s groups um like i said i if you don't if you don't listen to them I would definitely go back and listen to all of these groups because out. they really have, not only if you're a fan of hip-hop, have they impacted your artists greatly, but they've also impacted society and they've impacted, and they've also made great music, and they did it all together. So, I mean, for those of you that like certain artists, I guarantee you that name any artists you want that, that you that you love that's in hip-hop, and I guarantee you that one of these groups that we named inspired them. In one way or another. In absolutely. one way or another. So I think that it's it's great to kind of retrace the history of rap and kind of figure out where things come from. So the 90s was really what many called the end of the golden era, and that's a whole other debate for a whole other time. Yeah. But I definitely think you can say it was the golden era for groups.
0: Yeah, and I mean... Real quick, you just look at it, and a lot of groups that were in the '90s mm-hmm. weren't even really groups. Like, I don't know if it's exactly the '90s, but Eric B. and Rakim. Yeah. Is that is that '90s?
1: Rakim, uh, I believe that was more towards the '80s, more but toward,
0: but I mean even then, like they weren't, they, they didn't was, have a label on their name. It was right. just two guys. This is the performers. These are the groups, and have fun. You yeah. Know? And nowadays, it's just kind of
1: all individual. Yeah. Alright, so, Mag, in the meantime, do you have anything you want to plug or anything before yeah. you get out of here?
0: John Smith put out a new song, That Girl. Check it out on SoundCloud, go on his Twitter. Um, John Smith, uh, Will Wade's got amazing beats. Always yeah. gotta plug him. Always. Uh, SoundCloud.
1: Will Wade the beat guy.
0: Um, I don't know, I mean, that's about it. Yeah. We just kind of sit around and do nothing all day anyways. <laughs> Average man, if you don't know him. You won't know him. <laughs> that's about it. Yeah. I
1: mean, yeah, I mean, that's that's surprising that that uh John Smith dropped a song. For yeah, us, you know? and he was
0: he's lately been. Um, I kind of talked to him a little bit about it, and he said he just doesn't care anymore, man. He's just gonna start throwing music out. He's not gonna give uh, promises of yeah. hey, I'm gonna be dropping one. He's just gonna be like, well, check it out, there it goes. <laughs> like you know, and I've listened to it, and it's it's really good. He yeah. is very very good.
1: He is a friend of the show. He's been on the show before, um, so check him out. We actually did the TDE label one. Yep. So that one was yep. great. All right, and thanks for tuning in to a strictly hip hop episode with uh, Mac Wilson. And th- for those of you that don't know, you can find all of my content on my Twitter, which is at crispy eleven thirty two, which is C H R I S P Y eleven thirty two. And in my bio-, bio, I will have a link to all of my podcasts that are on Podbean, and I'm currently in the process of transitioning from Podbean to iTunes, so that it's easier for a lot of you guys to find, but until then, you will have to use my Twitter and my Podbean account to find all my content. I do the hip-hop series, which I have done numerous episodes on, and in addition to the music series, I also do an NBA podcast series where I talk everything NBA, everything you need to know. Got some very exciting stuff coming for the summer once the series is over. Uh, But in the meantime, I will have a podcast up on the NBA Finals coming shortly. And other upcoming podcasts are a surprise classic album review. It's my first ever classic album review for the hip-hop series. And it's with a good friend, Kale Mitchell, who was on my first music podcast episode. So he will be on this one, and it will be a surprise album, so stay tuned for that. And then also I have a mixtape review coming this weekend with clarissa a longtime friend of the show she is it will be her first appearance on here but we will be talking chris webby's mixtape which is webster's lab too so stay on the lookout for those three podcasts coming soon and tons more thank you for tuning in and mac thanks again for joining the show
0: no problem thanks for having me chris
1: no problem